0: Good evening. It's good to be back together. Thank you for uh, coming back out and joining us this evening as we turn to the Word of God. And as Pastor Dave has already said, we are going to be continuing the series that has been going on uh, online um, During this time or during part of this time that we haven't been meeting in person for Sunday evenings and that has been a study of the book of Philippians and that's been primarily done by Pastor Reed and and he's really taken it section by section Um, and I know even I believe it was his first message in the book of Philippians that he stressed that he really wanted to um, really emphasize application as he goes throughout this book and and we'll be doing that uh, this evening as we look at the book of Philippians. If you haven't uh, been joining in for those messages, if you've missed some, uh, I'm hoping that I can help catch you up at least somewhat, uh, maybe specifically to the context of the passage that we're going to be looking at this evening. So no worries if you haven't been joining us for those, Um, we'll be doing a little bit of review this evening. So for those that were uh, or joined in last week, you'll remember last Sunday evening I left you with this question would you feel comfortable saying to other christians follow my example would you be willing to say to them do as i do live as i live strive with the same intensity as i do put as much energy as i do into being like christ would you really want others following your example that's how i ended last week as we considered uh the passage of philippians 3 10 through 16, and it specifically came from the two, or the last two verses that Paul closed with in verses 15 and 16, and I'll read those. Uh, If you'd keep open your Bibles, look with me at Philippians 3, verses 15 through 16, and this is how Paul closed our passage last week, where we got those questions from. It says in verse 15 of chapter 3, "'Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if in anything you think otherwise,' God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. So tonight we're going to see that Paul actually continues this topic of his example in calling the church of Philippi to follow it, to look at his life and seek to do as he does, to speak as he speaks, to think as he thinks. So we'll open up with the same question that we closed with last week, And that is the question, and I want to ask all of us to consider it this evening, would you feel comfortable saying to other people in this church or to other Christians, follow my example? Think about your life, how you live in public and in private, how you speak to your children, how you talk to your spouse, how you seek to grow in your faith, the thoughts that cross your mind. Would you want others to follow you in how you live? So the theme of our text is this, it is Paul calls the Philippians to follow his example in striving to be like Christ. Again, our theme is Paul calls the Philippians to follow his example in striving to be like Christ. And the key verse is right in the beginning of our passage, Philippians 3.17. If you look with me there, that is our key verse. The very first half of it says, brothers, join in imitating me. So we're going to be considering Paul's example as he continues on from last week's passage. And specifically, we're going to see our text answers this question. What do we learn about seeking to be an example like Paul and seeking to follow examples like Paul? So tonight I want us to consider from this passage and be challenged in both our example, so the example that we set to other people, especially those younger than us. But then secondly, I want us to think about the examples that we follow. I think each of us, no matter how old you are, you can think of people that you look up to, Christians that you seek or you seek to follow um, and seek to do some of the same things that you see that are Christ-like in them. So we're going to think about your example that you set and the example that you follow as we, as we consider Paul's example in the book of Philippians. So our first point is this. Paul's call for the Philippians to follow his example is not a call for them to focus on him but on christ not to focus on him but on christ if you look with me again at philippians three seventeen, it says brothers join in imitating me so in one sense yes paul is calling the philippians to look at his life and to seek to be like him this word imitating speaks of a model a type or a pattern so paul is a model to the Philippians. They are to seek to follow the pattern he sets out in his life. But what we need to do, and this is where the review is going to kind of come in, is we need to consider what Paul has said in the passage directly before this passage as it shows us a lot about Paul and his life and what he's calling the Philippians really to follow. So I don't want to rehash all of last week's message. Don't even want to bring up all of the points that we looked at, but what I do want to do is just highlight a few things and comment on this passage. So if you look with me at Philippians 3:10, we'll read this whole thing and I'll pause maybe 3 times just to make a few comments. So look with me beginning at Philippians chapter 3 verse 10. It says that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings becoming like him in his death that by any means possible i may attain the resurrection from the dead so to pause just just to pause there for just a moment those two phrases in those two phrases paul describes his desire to have a relationship with jesus in which he becomes like jesus we see that from verses 10 through 11 he makes it clear that his desire is to be like Jesus and how he lives. And this is a very important thing to get from this passage. So I'd encourage you to remember this, that Paul wants to be like Christ. Verse 12 continues and says, not that I've already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. So we see here after verse 12 that Paul seeks to explain that this is not something that he's already accomplished. He isn't Perfectly like Christ, He's not fully like Jesus yet, and he also explains why he's doing this. It's not because he's somehow trying to earn his salvation, as he once did, as we saw a couple weeks ago in Philippians 3, 1 through 9, but instead he's seeking to know the one who saved him, whose righteousness has been given to him, and he's trusting in this for his salvation. Verse 13 to the end of the passage goes on, So here in these final verses, we see primarily Paul's telling us his approach. His desire was to be like Christ, and now he tells us his approach. In his approach, he likens to a runner running a race. He says, just like a runner strives for the finish line, so too Paul strives to be like Jesus Christ. He gives it all his effort, and he gives it all of his energy. So as we consider the context and specifically the passage directly before our passage for tonight, we see that what Paul is calling the Philippians to imitate in him is seeking to be like Jesus, seeking to know Christ more and more and be like him more and more. This is what Paul had already introduced in verse 15. As we already read, it says, let those of us who are mature think this way. He tells them to have the same mindset or approach to striving to be like Jesus, just like him. So this is why I said in this first point that Paul is not seeking for the focus or the attention to be on himself, but instead is seeking to have the Philippians focus on the one he is trying to imitate, and that is Jesus Christ. As it is Christ who Paul is seeking to model for the Philippians, as we see. This idea we see is not unique or is not a unique idea, but is something that is a theme all throughout Paul's writings to the churches as he charges them to follow his example of either being like Christ or to follow the teachings of Christ. And you don't have to turn with me to all of these, but at least for this first one, it's found in the book of Philippians. We see that in Philippians 4, verse 9, Paul says something very similar to our passage. If you look with me at Philippians 4, 9, he says, what you have learned, and received and heard and seen in me practice these things. Again you don't have to turn there but I'll read a few quickly that we see that this is a theme not just in Philippians but in the whole of Paul's letters in 1 Corinthians 4:15 through 16 he says for though you have countless guides in Christ you do not have many fathers for i became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel i urge you then be imitators of me. So he tells the Corinthians this. And then later in that same letter in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 11:1 he says, "Be imitators of me as I am of Christ." 2 Thessalonians 3:7 through 9, we see it says, "For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us because we were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toil and labor, we work night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you. It was not because we do not have that right, but to give you in ourselves an example to imitate. And then lastly, 2 Timothy 3, 10 through 11, we see that Paul says to Timothy, you, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life. And he goes on to talk about the things that Timothy had followed in him. So we see this is something that Paul calls Christians to do frequently, yet he doesn't do this somehow pridefully, as he is ultimately seeking for Christ to be imitated, not himself. So application, as we think about our lives, the first application I'd like to give is our, des- our desire as it was Paul's should be, should be to be like Christ. We should be striving with all of our effort, with all of our energies, just like a runner would in a race to be like Christ. We should be reading and studying the scriptures to this end to be like Christ. We should be praying that God would conform us to the image of his son. This should be on our minds constantly and something we think, how can I continue to do this more and more? Another application, as it comes to our example, if you think about your example, It can be a pretty intriguing thing something that we really desire to be a leader to be an example to be someone that maybe the young kids at church look up to but the question I'd pose though is are you seeking to be an example for your own glory to be praised by others as a great leader to be commended for living such an upright life to be a leader and have the title in and of itself or Is it so that others follow Jesus better, so that Christians grow to be more like him? So the question we have to ask ourselves as we consider our example is, what are your true motives for seeking to be an example? What really drives you to lead? What really leads you to want to be a godly influence to someone? Another application I'll give from this first point, as we see that Paul isn't telling them to focus on him, But telling them to focus on Christ is that as you think about being an example, you might sit here discouraged, thinking, I can't be an example. I don't know enough about the Bible. I'm not that godly. I struggle with sin each day. This is the apostle Paul that we're talking about. He's an apostle. I'm no apostle. Yet I would remind you that if we think about the context and specifically what we looked at last week, if you look with me at Philippians 3.12, we see twice Paul confesses. In Philippians 3.12, he says, not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect. And then in, in the next verse, we see again he confesses, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. So Paul's example, how he talks to the Philippians teaches us that you don't need to be perfect that it is not just those who have it all together because no one has it all together what we learn in our challenge from this is that we can be examples too despite maybe sin that we're battling in our life or maybe a struggle that we have or maybe even if you are young you can still be an example as we see paul shared that he hadn't accomplished being exactly like Christ yet. Paul's honest and authentic example and his confessions show us this. So from this first point, from this passage, we can be challenged to strive to be an example. Seek to be like Christ so that others can look at your life and follow the model you set. I think when you think about this, the fact that we have the opportunity to model Jesus Christ for others, for those in the church, for unbelievers. It's a pretty cool privilege. It is a high honor that we have the opportunity to model our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And this is something that, A, I think we need to take full advantage of, but also take it very seriously and seek to do this day in and day out. Our second point we'll look at is this. Paul includes not only himself, but others as examples. Second, Paul includes not only himself, but others. If you look again at our text, Philippians three seventeen, Brothers, join in imitating me. And then it says this. Keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. So in speaking of his own example, in speaking of Paul's example, he is not acting like he's the only example out there, that he's the only one that should be followed. But he's telling them, Follow others that act just like I do. Follow others that strive to be like Christ. Paul uses an interesting phrase here. If you look again at that second half of verse 17, it says, and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. Keep your eyes on, which speaks of paying careful attention to them in the way they live their life. So keep your eyes on them. Pay careful attention To these examples. Application, we should not be jealous if others are followed and we are not. Rather, it should be a cause for rejoicing. And we see that example here. Paul's telling them, don't only look at me, look at others who do as I do. So we we learn that we shouldn't be jealous, but rather we should rejoice. And if you think about this, and you can think about your own life, it can be a very easy temptation to become jealous, of those who are making an impact on others and being an example to others. And I think this is something we really need to guard our hearts. As people start to follow us, as people look up to us as a leader, we really need to guard our hearts and make sure we are not jealous of others who might be an example. Because remember, we're not seeking to be examples just so we have a following or just so we can be a leader or just so people look up to us and we, need, and we feel needed. But Paul is speaking of his example here and encouraging the Philippians to follow the way others live their life because they're seeking to follow Jesus. They are examples of and for Christ and not themselves. And I think that's an important thing when it comes to being an example, when it comes to being a leader, that they, aren't exam- that they are ultimately examples of and for Christ And not themselves. And that's something we need to keep in mind as we seek to do this. Keep that in mind when you are tempted to be jealous of someone who might be a tremendous godly example. It's not about us. We shouldn't become competitive with others, but we should rejoice and encourage their example and the impact they are making for Christ. Another application we get from this from this verse and point is that we also learn here from Paul encouraging the Philippians to follow other Christians' example that this is one of the primary ways that God seeks for us to grow as Christians to follow others who are seeking to be like Christ. It's one of the primary ways that God has chosen to grow us in our faith by following examples. And we see this uh, as uh, Paul Or we see this in the New Testament that Paul's not the only one that calls people or isn't the only example in the New Testament. As we see in 1 Thessalonians 1, 6 through 8, it shows us that the Thessalonians were providing an example for other churches to follow who grew in their faith. As it says in 1 Thessalonians 1, 6, And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example To all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia, for not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. We also see in Hebrews 13, 7 through 8, the author of Hebrews says, Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. So we see from this, That alongside what we might normally consider ways God uses to grow us in our faith and make us like Jesus, such as we often think of Bible reading. We often think of the preaching of the word. We think about prayer, of fellowshipping, singing praises to God. But we can include in this list of things that can grow us in our faith of just following an example, following someone who seeks to be like Christ. And as I think about my own life, uh, growing up in this church, Uh, Being born into this church and having many, many examples in the life of our congregation, I am often um, struck with how God has used this church and many people, oftentimes older than myself, that I count as Christ-like examples of someone that maybe I see them living out their faith in a certain way, and I think, I want to do that as well. They're seeking to be like Christ, and it's been an example to me. So I've been blessed by God to grow up in a church that has many Christ like examples, and it, it truly has really grown me in my own faith. So maybe from that, I'll give just one more point of application before we move on. Certainly, this could go for all of us here, but I want to speak directly to the kids and the teens. As I said, I think about my growing up years here in the church. In kids and teens, I want to tell you take full advantage of the godly and mature Christians we have in our congregation. As Paul said, keep your eyes on or pay careful attention to those who seek to live their lives for the Lord. Seek to follow their example. Get to know them. Talk with them here at church. Serve with them at church. Ask your parents if they could come over for dinner. Maybe even ask them if they want to read the Bible with you. In kids and teens, I'll also add on to this, that these examples that I'm talking about actually might be living in your house. They might be your parents. Your parents are quite possibly godly examples, seeking to live for the Lord and seeking to be like Christ. And I would challenge you, follow them. Follow their example as God may have placed them in your life for you to Look at them and seek to be like them as they seek to be like Christ. We move on in our text, and our next point is that Paul is concerned about not only himself, but others. Paul is concerned not only about himself, but others. If you look with me again at Philippians 3.17, we've looked at this verse, but notice who he's talking to and what he's, he's saying to them. Philippians 3.17, brothers, join in imitating me. So we could, if you were uh, with us last week, we could easily start to think from last week's passage that Paul is self-centered, focused on his own growth and being more like Christ and not concerned about anyone else. As he he was given his example, ultimately we don't see that he was being self-centered at all. But he gave the imagery of a race in last week's passage, which in a race, if you think about a race, It's rare to find someone really thinking about their opponents that they're trying to beat. It's heartwarming when you hear of a story of someone falling in a race and the other runners stop to help them up. But Paul's racing imagery doesn't go to those lengths. When Paul says uh, that he seeks to be like a runner who runs in a race, he's uh, he's not bringing that illustration or he's not extending that out to say that other Christians are somehow his opponents, or that he's competing with them in any sense. But instead, he sought to use a runner running a race to show how one is to approach being like Christ, and that is to strive to be like them. So here in our verse, we see Paul shows his concern for other Christians. He wants them to follow his and others' examples so that they would grow to be more like Christ. He's concerned, he's focused for their spiritual well-being. Paul's practicing what he preached to the Philippians. Back in Philippians 2, 3 through 4, he said, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So we see Paul's selflessness here. He shows his care for the Philippians as he does in this whole entire letter just by writing to them. So, application we should be challenged to consider how concerned we are for our brothers and sisters in Christ. How often do you check in with them to see how they are doing in their walk with God? How often do you say things to them like Paul does here that will help them grow in their faith? Are you more focused on yourself and growing in your walk with God, or even maybe your own selfish desires, than you are concerned about others? Taking this a step further, As we think about application, how often do you consider how your life is impacting the lives of others? Are you causing others to stumble by your example? Are you presenting a pretty bad example of Christ with the way you live or talk? And I think we should be challenged here as we see Paul's example and him talking about his example. We should be challenged with what Paul says to the Philippians and pray to God that other Christians would see qualities, of Christ in us. We should pray that God would help others to be on our mind, not in an insincere or people pleasing way, but to benefit them and let them see a portrait of Christ in us. So each and every Sunday as we walk in these doors, let us think about the example we set. And again, not in some insincere or just trying to please people and get them to praise us, but to realize that we set an example, we influence those that are around us and worshiping with us. So we've considered what Paul calls the Philippians 2 in Philippians 3 17 and we see he calls them to follow his example and others who do the same in striving to be like Jesus. Now Paul gives a contrast to this example and we'll see this and we'll get our, our next point from verses 18 and 19. Our next point is this, Paul contrasts his example with the examples of the example of those who do not follow Christ. Paul contrasts his example with those who do not follow Christ. If you look with me at Philippians three, eighteen through 19, it says, For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly, and, their glory, and they glory in their shame, with minds set on earthly things. So we see here that Paul's just talked about his example. Now he talks about a very different example of those who do not follow Christ. So first, who Paul, So first, as we consider this point, we have to consider who is Paul contrasting himself with? And we see that Paul is contrasting his and others' Christ-like example with those who do not believe in Jesus for their salvation and do not live as he lives Again, as verse 18 says, For many of whom I have often told you, and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. So as we think about this phrase, walk as the enemies of the cross of Christ, and we consider who specifically is Paul talking about here? Did he have someone specific in mind? Well, as we look at this, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ, a pretty general phrase, For those who do not follow, who do not believe in Jesus Christ. We do get some more specific descriptions as we're going to look at in a moment in verse 19. But what we can conclude is that it doesn't seem like, or it seems like Paul is just talking in general here about those who don't follow Christ. Certainly we can see by some of these phrases, as Pastor Reed brought up, uh, I believe two weeks ago, um, of the Judaizers who trusted in their Jewish practices to make them right with God. That's certainly who someone or who Paul might have in mind here, but he also might have in mind just those who are living for the ways of the world. Back then, the Gentiles or the pagans, those who were living for their own selfish pleasures and did not believe in Jesus Christ, nor did they follow the ways of the Jews. So that's who Paul is talking about here, who he's contrasting with. Second in this contrast, we'll consider how Paul speaks of those he is contrasting his example with. And I want you guys to notice something very uh, crucial here as Paul speaks about these people who do not believe. He doesn't speak to them in a harsh, or he doesn't speak about them in a harsh way or an uncaring way, but instead we really see Paul's compassion here. Look with me again in verse 18. He says, For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears. Even with tears. So, application Paul sets an example to us of how we are to think about others who might be hostile to the gospel, might be false teachers, or who just don't desire to live in a way that is honoring and pleasing to the Lord. He's compassionate with them. He's compassionate towards them as he talks about them. His heart goes out to them. He longs to see them saved rather than seeing them as enemies, even though he characterizes them as enemies of the gospel. And I think we should really take after Paul's example here, and we should watch how we interact with those who do not believe in Jesus, that we don't begin to treat them harshly, that we don't begin to treat them as enemies, but we continue to seek to be compassionate towards them. The next question as we consider this contrast that Paul is making brings us to verse 19. What does Paul say about these people that the Philippians shouldn't follow? We're going to see four things from verse 19. First, Paul says these people will be annihilated. As Philippians 3.19 says, their end is destruction. So he's saying they will not last. They will come to an end. Them and how they act will come to an end they will be punished and destroyed. Second, Paul says these people are consumed with their sinful desires. As he says in in Philippians 3.19, their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. This phrase, their God is their belly, speaks of them satisfying themselves. They give in to their sinful wants and desires. That is their priority. That is their aim in life. They don't submit to anything else but they submit to themselves, they live for themselves. Third, Paul says these people take pride in things that they should be ashamed of. as he says in Philippians 3:19, "Their end is destruction. their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame." So Paul's saying that they do things that they should be embarrassed about, they do things that they should feel guilty about, and practices or in the practices that they partake in, but instead they simply excuse these things. And actually they see them these things as good things. Lastly and fourthly, in how Paul describes these people that he's saying not to follow, Paul says these people only value temporary things with no lasting value. As he says in Philippians 3.19, their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. These earthly things are possessions, reputation, position, temporary pleasures and joys are what they are focused on. So what Paul is doing in this section is Paul is contrasting his and others Christ-like examples with those who don't seek to be like Christ. He's saying to the Philippians, don't follow these people's examples. Even if it seems religious or spiritual, even if it seems like it will give you great satisfaction and pleasure, this is not the way of Christ. This isn't the example that you should be following. As we saw in verse 17, he tells them to follow his example and other Christ-like examples. And here he tells them not to. So application. So what does this have to do with us today? Well, we have many of the same examples around us today. Those who are enemies of the cross of Christ. Those who might claim to believe in Jesus, but through their teaching, through their lifestyle, you realize they actually reject him. We are surrounded by those who claim not to believe in Jesus and live for themselves in the sins of this world. And I think one very practical thing uh, that we can do as we consider not following these examples is just being aware of who we spend our time around. If it is someone who you know is not going to be a good example, pray to God beforehand. As you know you're going to go to work and be around this person, as maybe it's even a friend or a family member and you're going to hang out with them, pray to God beforehand and ask him for the strength not to act or talk as they do, but to be a Christ-like example. And when you think about this, it can be so easy. It can be so tempting to act like those who are, who are around, no matter if they're a godly example, or an ungodly example. So we have to be on guard. Possibly, we might even have to make the tough decision at times just not to hang out with them as much. Not that we have to quit hanging out with them, but maybe just not hanging out with them as much if it's really becoming a struggle. Or we just need to be very intentional about being around these people. If I may again give a direct uh, word or application, especially to our teens. Teens, I'd say this is a very crucial time in your life this is a time in your life in which you are being influenced and shaped by those around you Watch who you're spending your time with watch who you're beginning to act like watch out whose values are becoming yours as I have seen many Who start to follow people in high school or even when they go off to college? They start to follow these examples of people who do not follow Christ Remember what Paul said these people's end is destruction Their fun life is not going to continue, but there will be consequences. They are focusing on what is temporary and won't last. So teens, surround yourself. As I said, you're in this church, either in youth group with older teens or with older, more mature adults. Surround yourself with godly examples, as we saw from the first verse. So we see now another contrast. As we move to our next uh, passage, we see... Another contrast uh, in which Paul has just contrasted himself with those who don't follow Christ. And now he's going to move on to contrast these uh, enemies of the cross of Christ now back with his, or he's going to contrast them with his example uh, as he brings back his example and the values that he and those who believe in Jesus Christ have. So we see yet another contrast as we move to our final point. Our final point is that Paul contrasts the life of these unbelievers with the life of a believer. If you look with me at Philippians 3, verses 20 through 21 as we close out this passage. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. So we'll break down this this passage into four contrasts, and we'll go back and forth between verses 20 and 21 and up to verse 19 to show these contrasts between Paul's life and these enemies of the cross of Christ. Contrast number one. Paul said these enemies of the cross are awaiting destruction while we await a Savior. If you look with me at verse 20, it says, But our citizenship is in heaven, And from it, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 19, in contrast, the very beginning says their end is destruction. So these enemies of the cross of Christ are awaiting destruction or punishment, and we're awaiting a Savior, is the first contrast we see. The second contrast, or contrast number two, is that Paul said these enemies of the cross are concerned about satisfying themselves and their bodies, As he said, spoke of their belly, while we look forward to having ours changed, or our bodies changed. As verse 21 says, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body. And then in contrast, verse 19 says, their end is destruction, their God is their belly. So these unbelievers sought to satisfy every want, every desire that they had, every desire that their body had, while we look forward to having our weak, our easily injured and sick bodies, and sinful bodies transformed. Contrast number three that we see in this text is that Paul said these enemies of the cross find glory in acts that they should be ashamed of, While we look forward to having a glorious body like Christ. As it says in verse 21. Who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body. Verse 19 says their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. And they glory. There's that word again. Glory in their shame. So we just looked partially at this uh, thought uh, in the previous contrast. So I'll just extend it or I'll just simply say this. That is pretty neat when we take this passage into the fuller context. As we looked at last week and we saw that Paul strived to be like Jesus Christ. And now we see that in Philippians 3 and specifically in this passage of verse 21 that we do look forward to becoming like Christ. As it says, to be like his glorious body. So we really have come full circle From verse 10 and 11 down to verse 21. He sought to be like Christ here on this earth, and one day we will be like Christ. We have a change that transformed a perfect Christ-like body and life to look forward to. Lastly, contrast number four. Paul said these enemies of the cross are focused on the temporary pleasures of this world while we are citizens of an eternal home. If you look with me at verse 20, it says, But... Our citizenship is in heaven. But our citizenship is in heaven. And then in verse 19, it says, Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. And they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. So the contrast is between our citizenship is in heaven. Meanwhile, these enemies of the Christ are focused on earthly things. So Paul is saying, though we live in this world, our true home is in heaven. That is where we will go to be someday forever. So in the present, we must live as if we're there. And the Philippians, it's interesting, the Philippians would have gotten this terminology of this citizenship very easily or would have been something that they were familiar with as they were also right there uh, or then and there were citizens of a place far off. The Philippians were Roman citizens and were to live under its laws and ways. So we learn from this fourth contrast that we can't lose sight of our future and what God has promised to us and continue to keep our minds on the future while we live in the present. If you look with me at verse 21, we see that the way it ends should give us confidence and certainty for what Paul is saying to the Philippians. It says, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him to even to subject all things to himself. So we are guaranteed this. We're guaranteed this future on the basis of Jesus' power. This power makes all things submit to him, meaning he is over and in control of all things. So we can be sure that what Paul's talking about here, getting um, or having this transformed body, looking to the future for our eternal home in heaven, that we can be sure Of these things because of what it says of Jesus's power. So application, we might ask after this last point, what's this got to do with Paul's example? Remember, Paul is trying to show the Philippians his example, then he shows them a bad example, and now he shows them more of what is involved in following his example and what they have to look forward to. The temptation, as we see, uh, is to be short-sighted and given to the pressures of this world and live like those who do not believe in Jesus, who live for themselves and get pleasure from this world. Paul is trying to show that they should not follow that example because while you might get some pleasure in the moment, in the present, it won't last. While we have something to look forward to one day that will last forever. So he's saying, follow the examples that keeps its eyes on the future, eternal life with God. So in conclusion, we're left to consider two things from this passage, the example that we set and the example that we're following. So my question for us this evening is, are you setting a Christ-like example with your life? What needs to change if not? How do you need to strive to be more like Christ? And then the second question is, whose example are you following? Are you looking to those who follow Christ or those who are enemies to Christ? Are you following the ways that give you pleasure in the moment or the life that looks forward to spending eternity with God? Which example will you follow? Let us pray together. Lord, I just thank you for... This study of Philippians. We thank you for the many messages that uh, Pastor Reed has taught already. And just thank you for uh, this book of Philippians. uh, As it originally was written to the Church of Philippi, but now uh, it's written to us as well, Christians today. And Lord, there's many things that we can learn from it. But from our text uh, this evening, God, we just pray that you would first uh, help us to set Christ-like examples. We realize that we can't do this by our own doing. We realize that we haven't done this perfectly, and we pray, Lord, that you would help us to just help this to be our focus, to be Christ-like examples for those, uh, for other Christians, for those here in this church. And Lord, secondly, we pray that you would help us to follow Christ-like examples, that you would help us to, uh, as Paul said, pay careful attention to those who set these godly examples Help us to look at these people, to watch their life, uh, to see uh, what the result of this life is, and to really seek to um, mo- or have these same qualities, Christ-like qualities in our own lives. Lord, just pray that you would impress this upon our minds, and Lord, I pray that you would help us to resist and be on guard against these examples that wouldn't lead to a godly life, that wouldn't lead to a life that is pleasing and honoring to you. Lord, I just pray that as we move into this uh, upcoming week, as we go into this world and, and have um, many things going on around us, we pray especially again for this election. And, Lord, we pray and realize that you ultimately are sovereign over this election and the outcome. And we pray, Lord, that you would uh, just use it for your honor and for your glory. And in your name I pray. Amen. Once again, the building